This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for being a part of this show today. If you have not yet partnered with Father Matters, would you please consider becoming a Father Matters partner? The Father Matters Show is listener-supported in all Father Matters programs and services, are free to the community because of your generous donations. For more information about donating to Father Matters, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. This is a show that we've been trying to put together for uh, probably a couple of months now. If you remember in the past, we had Jeff Becker, author of the book Tender Lions. Well, his dad is also the co-author. So today we have both Jeff Becker and Brian Becker, author of the book Tender Lions. Jeff, welcome back to the Father Matters show. And Brian, welcome to the Father Matters show, my friend. I'm excited to be here again, my man. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's good to, good to finally uh, meet you, Vance. It's been you, a couple of years since you interviewed Jeff. So yes, it has. Great to be with you. And, 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 and I couldn't find a better time to, to get us together now to talk about father-son relationships, your awesome book, Tender Lions, which in a little bit I want the listeners to know how they can get a copy of that book. But with everything that's been going on, let, let me just start off with this. What do you guys think the last two years of the pandemic has done to our fathers and sons? Anybody? Um, I'll I can start. go first. Uh, okay. oh, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. I'll, I'll start from just the, the son's perspective. And, you know, I just, I see a lot of, you know, now what I do is my, my profession, I'm a mental performance coach, and I work with a lot of athletes and teenagers on how mindset affects performance. And so I hear it a lot from uh, my, my individual calls with, with the children or the teenagers. I just, I hear a lot of disconnect. I hear a lot of, um, you know, we, we lose out on the social, the social and the emotional side of just being around their friends, and I think just the relationship-building side of, of, of the teenager is missing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's regardless of, of family or mother or father. But I just think in general is we lose that. And a lot of what I'm hearing is, is kids are stuck more behind screens uh, and their phones. And so just the, the interpersonal relationship um, and the disconnect, and I'm sure we'll go into to more of that, but that's what I would see from a teenager and son perspective. Dad, what about you? Well, I agree. There is some research that shows that dads now do spend more time with their kids than dads a generation ago. But the last two years, when you think about how dads generally spend time with their kids, it's through sports or clubs or church or youth group or uh, going to a concert, none of that stuff's been, or very little of that stuff's been happening in the last two years. So, And we're not wired as human beings to be isolated. We're wired to be in community. So I think for a lot of people, it's been a really challenging time. You're absolutely right. Brian, while well, I got you follow up this question, how did this topic become so important to you? You know, to put the book together, why? What does this mean sure. to you? 
Sure. Well, there's two reasons. One's really personal, and that's 20 years ago. I was a dysfunctional dad. I worked too much. I partied too much. I traveled too much. I'd gotten involved with pornography at a young age, and all that just was taken over my life. And eventually, it, I was just sick of who I'd become and um, got honest with my wife and, and the kids and uh, Jeff was only 14 at that time, and so, I mean, I, I could see the pain in my family's eye and know it was my fault. And secondly, I was working for an organization that helped a lot of local ministries and organizations, nonprofits, address big problems in their communities, gang violence, domestic violence, uh, homelessness, hunger, etc., and rarely, rarely was there a healthy dad involved in the picture of those issues. And oftentimes the dad was the problem in those issues. So not only was it a personal problem, but I saw and Jeff as well as a bigger societal issue. And then later we thought, well, maybe our story could be an inspiration to some other families. And if that could help, we'd be willing to tell our own story. Yeah. And what do you think are some of the risk factors for boys, Jeff? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, we didn't know these. You know, we just thought we had a personal story to tell. But the more that we kind of dug deeper into um, the statistics and research, uh, we knew we were onto something that we had to share a message. And, uh, you know, it, it's very scary because what we, what we see so much, like my dad said, is, is fathers are spending more time on average than, than dads generations ago. But uh, unfortunately, when we see sons coming from dysfunctional families, uh, when, when fathers are absent, they account for roughly 71% of teen, of high school dropouts, 71% of teen pregnancies, 85% of children with behavioral disorders, and roughly 90% of homeless and runaway children. And unfortunately, that's just the tip of the iceberg of how this affects the, the, the boys. Man, that, yeah. that, when, go ahead, and go, Vance, it, yeah. what we see is particularly... If there's not a strong connection between the dad and the son, that's when the risk factors pop up. The dad could even be physically present in the house, but if he's emotionally checked out because of workaholism or alcoholism or having an affair or whatever, if he's not emotionally connected, that's when the risk factors pop up. You, you, you're absolutely right. And then I, I, I want to ask you two questions, but we're going to have to go into the commercial break. But when we get back, I want to hear more about the strong connections for fathers and sons. And then I want to know, Jeff, from you as a son, what was it like when you discovered that your dad wasn't the man that you thought? You're listening to the Father Matters Show with Vance Sims. And today's guest is Brian Becker and Jeff Becker, author of authors of the book Tender Lions. We'll hear more from Brian and Jeff after this. Hi, this is Vance Sims, host of the Father Matters Show. Would you consider partnering with us? Father Matters is a nonprofit ministry that's listener supported and relies on donations and grants. All funds raised go directly to Father Matters mentoring programs for families, which means that your donation will help important projects that service children and families. For more information about partnering with us, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Together, let's build stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families.
Welcome back to the Father Matters Show. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. Also catch the Father Matters Show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to blogtalkradio.com or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at soundcloud.com. Brian, I want to put this question toward you. I love what you were saying earlier. Um, the the strong connections. You, what what do you think of the? What were you saying? What do you mean by strong connections between fathers and sons? Well, Jeff and I were in a really a really um, bad place twenty years ago, and the, there were three primary things that helped us to rebuild our relationship. And I think that that's a formula for any any dad, any parent actually, who wants to strengthen the relationship with his son or daughter. The first was honesty. You can't expect the son to be the one that leads into that relationship. So the dad has to figure out a way to get honest about his feelings, his situation, his life. Um, and that vulnerability, vulnerability is very permission-giving. Instead of being perfect, you be real. And that tells the son that it's a safe place to, for him to also show up real. So honesty is really important. The second thing was, you know, I'm... I'm a smart guy. I've got a couple college degrees and a job and all that, but I'd never been down this road before. So I needed help. I needed help from friends. I needed help from professionals. Um, I went to counseling and I, because I had an addiction, I've, I've been going to, to recovery meetings for almost 20 years now. You know, so that environment of help for people who've been down that road before to help give you a perspective. And then the third thing was, uh, humility. You know, when families are in a really challenging place, they get angry, they dig in, they turn away, they turn inward. And so to realize that pride and ego and that can really go into high gear, you know, how can you have that honesty and then help to help uh, bring humility and a sense of calm into the relationship? So honesty, help, humility is a really powerful formula. Man, that's powerful. Jeff, and I was saying before the commercial break, what was it like for you at 14 to discover that, you know, that your dad wasn't the man that you thought he was? That's a great question. And, you know, it, it's interesting because still 20 years later, I still remember vividly sitting in our uh, my, my parents, you know, our family living room. And I remember we were having a, you know, a family meeting, which, you know, I thought we were in trouble for something. And all I could remember was, I don't remember anything my dad said, but all I remember was my mom just crying so hard. And all I remember was feeling the emotion of anger because you hurt my mom. It was, um, and as growing into manhood at 14, uh, you know, hearing about pornography, it was like, well, isn't that what all guys do? Like, you know, if I go to sleepovers with my friends, like, you know, we have, uh, you know, we see the VHS or the magazine from my friend's dad's closet. And so isn't that what being a man is about? So I didn't understand uh, the hurt. I didn't understand the pain uh, of how that affects a relationship and a family. But I did, a, I, what I remembered vividly was just, you hurt my mom, so you hurt me, which means I'm angry and upset with you, Father. Yes. 
And and a lot of the men that I work with in, in our trainings and workshops at the Father Matters workshops, they didn't get the chance. They don't get the chance to see uh, the change in their sons when a relationship breaks down or if they're really just in and out of the son's life through the years. And then between that 11 and 18 years old, you're not around. The The sad thing is, uh, Brian, you was able you was able to see this change in Jeff because you were still around. But also, what what were you? What did you observe in Jeff as a young man going through this difficult situation? See, a lot of us dads, a lot of men, don't get to see this, don't get to observe this. We we find out when our sons become grown men, uh, what they were dealing with, you know, through this six seven years. What did you observe through this difficult time for Jeff, Brian? Yeah, that's that's a really important point, Vance, and that. In our instance, I stayed in the home, even though I slept on the couch for a long time, you know. But for the dads that are out of the house, for them to do what they can to try to at least maintain some type of strong physical and emotional connection, that's really, really important. So, But to to answer your question directly, uh, Jeff already said the first thing, which was anger. I mean, you know, he showed it to me. I could feel it from him. You know, I heard his mom and that's that's a precious thing so he was angry the second thing was he was afraid and no teenager wants to say that they're afraid out loud but would we get divorced would this be embarrassing for him would he have to go to a different school would he have to get on a different ball team you know all all of these things that you know rock their world it's really a huge thing so he was afraid and the third thing and i still remember this when that conversation that jeff was just talking about ended my daughter got up, went down the street to her best friend's house, and poured her heart out to her. Jeff got up, went to his bedroom, and closed the door. Wow! See, see how we you are. Think about yeah. Think about the difference between unloading a, a hurt and carrying it by yourself. And, you and know, we, that's why that's why the risk factors I think show up so much more heavily or prominently in in young men. They do young women. And and and, and at so, the and at the same time, Brian. This is why I see a lot of grown men still dealing with little boy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the things that happened to them as 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 a little boy. Can you mm-hmm. can you finish up on that, bro? I didn't mean to cut you off, but it just no. just hit me because no. I'm thinking we are I'm dealing with guys in their 30s and 40s who are still sure. dealing with situations like like a, like the 9 or 12 year old when something happened yeah. to them. Yeah. Well, I I had some pretty serious trauma when I was about Jeff's age with my, my dad was, could be pretty, pretty uh, violent. And I had a sister that died and all of that happened at the same time. And I, when I got into counseling and recovery, I learned a phrase I'd never heard before, which is arrested development, which is a funny TV show now, but yeah, arrested development basically means that even though you physically grow, you emotionally stay stunted at the age you were when the trauma occurred. Yes. And so there's a lot of men out there who maybe they were 12 or 14 or 18 when something really terrible happened to them, and they shut down emotionally. And so they're still trying to handle big, big adult problems as they would as if they were in seventh grade or something. You know, I, I had a uh, we have done a workshop and I had a dad that said his relationship with his son was awesome until his son turned nine and a half years old. 
And then through a couple of years, they went to marriage counsel with his wife. They went to counseling with his sons. They spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And they came to the workshop. We had these guys all connected into a small men's group. Within a matter of weeks of them being in that small men's group, it made sense. What happened was his dad, he played the real, the movie in his head of how to be a father until he was around nine years old, guys. Nine, uh, and that was around the same time when his dad had left the family. So when a lot of times that these, you know, we need counselors and we need that, but a lot of times when we're trying to peel back to see what's going on and why it would happen, basically, when it got to the root cause of it, he knew how to be a father to his son until he was nine because he imitated everything that his dad did until he was nine. Wow. So after his yeah. son hit nine, nine and a half, he didn't know what to do with his son. That, that is so deep rooted and we don't realize yeah, it's powerful. that. Yeah, it's powerful. Now, listen, you guys are obviously in a different, better place now. What happened mm-hmm. that allowed the two of you to mend and build your relationship? I know, Brian, you mentioned you went to counseling and through times, mm-hmm. but, but, but unpack that a little bit. And then I want to get into this book, Tender Lions, because there's a lot of moms yeah. who listen to the yeah. show who have sons who need to read this book, as well as fathers and men. Well, I, I shared the getting honest, getting help, and getting humble. Yes. And so, I mean, I wrote that path for years and years and I'm still trying to ride that path and maybe Jeff you can talk about what that looked like to you when you were 14 15 16 yeah I think there was there's two things that popped into my head was um was the first one was just my father just showing up and uh, you know like like my dad said is I'd come home it, obviously my safe space was the basketball court or I'd run away to find my comfort zone of playing basketball and yes. kind of run away from my, my pain and my feelings. But when I'd come home, my dad would be sleeping on the couch. And the next day and the next week and the next month, my dad would sleep on the couch. But he'd come home and we'd have hard conversations, you know, and, and it would just, I remember, you know, he'd sit on the edge of my bed and just say, hey, can we talk? And at first it was like, okay, is this just homework or a quota that he needs to hit for uh, his recovery meeting programs? Like, is this just homework for him? Uh, or does he really mean it? And so the first thing was he was just raw. He was open. He was real. Um, you know, so we were vulnerable. And But I would say also the second thing was, you know, I turned – I still had male figures. And I, it goes back to, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And, I, you know, I really turned to my, my youth group, uh, you know, leader, James Brooks. And I think that – and I'm very fortunate to this day that James is still around and you know, James didn't know what was going on until years later, but uh, James kind of took me under his wing and understood that um, I needed some mentorship and some guidance when, uh, you know, unfortunately my father wasn't there to, to provide that or I wasn't open to that to that guidance from my father during the bad time. Yes, and yes. We, were, we were, in some respects, I think it was we were either lucky or God was taking care of us because... We lived, and I still live in urban Chicago, up Maywood, which is a suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Jeff could have just as easily turned down another street and ended up in a gang or yes. drugs or alcohol. And James Brooks didn't know what was wrong, but he knew something was wrong with Jeff. Mm-hmm. And he really put his arm around him 
and said, "Hey, man, you know you gotta you gotta stay on the rails, or you're gonna you're gonna mess things up." And I always thought that phrase, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. I always thought that was kind of strange until it happened in my own life, and yes. then I realized how important a couple of other strong men relationships were to keep Jeff uh, on the right path. But what I also he love. Didn't wanna, he didn't want to talk to me, that's for sure. But what I also love is at a young age, you put enough in him, Brian, you put enough in Jeff until he was 14 when, when, when things kind of fell apart. You put enough in that young man for him to go seek other men. Do, do, do you hear what I just said, Brian? So we, I'm hearing you, yeah. We, yeah. we yeah. make mistakes as fathers and men. And when you made a mistake, when, you, when, when people realized you were human, you instilled enough in your son for him not to go down the wrong street to join a gang and get involved with drugs. It was enough in, in, instilled in him from you to seek other men. Yeah. And you know, a lesson in that is this. The trust that was there, which mm-hmm. was very high, it's like a bank account where you all of a sudden you like go to Vegas and blow it all in one shot. Yeah. The trust went from a lot to zero. And you can't just put it back where it was because you say you're sorry. You have to build it back over many, many uh, good conversations, str- sometimes hard conversations over weeks and months. And um, over that time, Jeff began to see that I wasn't just checking a box, but that I was there for the long haul and I wasn't going anywhere. A yes. second thing, Vance, is I had to get out of my own comfort zone and start talking about things besides the ball game or yeah. did you get your homework done and to talk about these issues about trust and fear and sex and uh, relationships yeah. that we had never talked about before. Yes. Guys, what's a tender lion and where did that come from? <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one. Go ahead, I, Jeff. I still, I still remember saying my, my dad saying, "Hey, what about tender lines?" And I was like, "That is a dumb title, Dad." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but what he, what he explained it, and it, it is exactly um, to the core. I think you know, I'm actually, I'm expecting my first, uh, we're expecting a son here in a few months. Yes, and I look at that title, and I'm, I'm honestly just proud of that title. Uh, it's exactly what I want my son, and I think what my dad wants me to be is a tender lion. And as males, we want to be this this lion. We want to be tough and a leader and strong and determined and fierce. Mm-hmm. But I think what's so important for for us males to understand it's it's the tender lion inside, and we need to understand to be in touch with our emotions and kind and sensitive and loving and vulnerable and empathetic. And it's this it's this strong combination of, I think, the most powerful, strong uh, males that I've ever been around mm-hmm. have this tender side, but also have this competitive line side. And I think that's exactly what, what demonstrates a tender line. That's powerful. Where can our listeners go to get a copy of this powerful book, Tender Lions, guys? So we have a website that's mm-hmm. www.tenderlions.org tenderlines.org they yep. could contact us they could buy the book through there if they want if they wanted to talk to us like just ask us questions yeah. they could email us if they'd like for us to speak at a men's group or interview like we're doing today 
Jeff and I do everything we can to move our work schedules around so we can be available because this is a real passion and ministry for us. And what are the emails and phone numbers for someone who li- we have listeners all around the country? So I want them to call you direct, email you direct for speaking engagements, sure. questions. Uh, uh, give us the emails, websites, and phone numbers again. Sure. So tenderlions.org, and the email is brian at tenderlines.org or jeff, J-E-F-F, at tenderlines.org. That's the simplest way to get in touch with us. Yep, that's tenderlions with an S. What about a Facebook page, Instagram, social media? Jeff? Uh, I think every, every, all of our social media is uh, at tenderlionsbook. Okay. At tenderlionsbook. What's the most important thing you can give our listeners that you can share with our listeners to take away today? Brian and then Jeff. Uh, It wasn't until I found the courage to look into my dark side Mm -hmm. and deal with that that I found the seeds to new life. I kept covering it up and covering it up. When I finally got the courage to uncover all that mess, that's where the seeds to the new life was. It's never too late to take the first step in the right direction. Jeff? Uh, 25 years later, it's the same answer. Time matters. You know, I don't remember many of the conversations with my dad, but what I remember is playing catch and learning how to barbecue and playing horse and shooting the football, throwing the football and shooting hoops and, you know, learning how to shoot a BB gun and stuff like that. And, and, and that's what's truly important is time matters. Man, tenderlions.org. The book is Tender Lions. Not just Tender Lions, it's Tender Lions building the vital relationship between father and son. Brian and Jeff, thank you so much for being a part of the Father Matter Show. Absolutely. Thanks, Vance. You Keep got, going. You got it. Thank you for tuning into the Father Matter Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you, and God bless.